NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for uh, our weekly episode get-together. And we got lots coming your way here on Wide Open. We're obviously getting ready to go to the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend. But the season is now four races in, and I'm speaking from the cup perspective here. Four races in, we've been to Daytona, Fontana, Las Vegas, and Phoenix. The West Coast swing is over. West Coast races are done. Four different winners. Austin Sendrick winning the Daytona 500. Kyle Larson was second. Uh, I'm sorry, he won the second race there at Fontana. Alex Bowman won Vegas. And then it was Chase Briscoe, who, by the way, will join us in a few moments. He finished uh, number one in race number four. Four different winners to start the season. And a lot of conversation going into this season had been, well, how much will the next-gen car level the playing field? And I think for a lot of people, leveling the playing field was making the team that ran 20th or 25th run first to fifth. And while we haven't necessarily seen that on a grand scale, there have been teams that have been known and have had a reputation for running maybe mid-pack, maybe towards the front of that of that uh, or the top of that that mid-pack area that have broken through. Obviously Chase Briscoe had challenges last year in his rookie season, comes back he's already won. 
Austin Cindric, brand new to this, right? So he was leading the pack in the Xfinity Series. He comes over. Kyle Larson, your champion, you know, up front is where we expect him. But you also have drivers like Ross Chastain, Trackhouse Racing, expanded to two cars this year. And obviously Ross and Daniel Suarez doing very well over there. Ross, third uh, out in Las Vegas, second runner up there at Phoenix over the weekend. He's uh, he's obviously gained a lot of ground. So there is movement with those teams that some of you traditionally associate with, quote unquote, mid-pack teams. Now, we've been told by cup drivers that everyone is still sorting themselves out, right? We're still sorting things out. We're still trying to learn. We're still trying to get our thoughts together. Um, Joey Legato termed it as things are sloppy right now in the cup series, which, you know, I will agree with that. That's probably a more direct assessment coming from a man that's sitting behind the wheel. Uh, giving giving very frank and, and honest analysis. And while that process of tidying things up is going on, it has provided opportunity for some teams to seize the moment. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with Chase Briscoe winning, Ross Chastain running well. The big question is, what do we expect this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway? MRN will have coverage of the truck race coming up this weekend, but uh, PRN will have coverage of the Xfinity series and the cup race. Um, You know, folks think that it may be along the lines of a Talladega, maybe along the lines of a Daytona, how it'll, it'll race. Will they draft? Will they pack up? Track is totally different. This is a new chapter in the history of the Atlanta motor speedway and the third configuration. Remember Atlanta started out as a traditional oval mile and a half oval, right? Straightaways, turns. Then it went to the double dog leg in 1997. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Now it's been reincarnated as a quote-unquote super speedway. And I believe that that label is up for negotiation based on what we see or what we don't see coming up this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Let's let's get some thoughts. Let's get some perspective on what's coming up this weekend, but also get to know Justin Allgaier of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. They will race in a doubleheader Saturday with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. And Justin Allgaier has been a mainstay in the Xfinity Series for a long time. Drives for Junior Motorsports. You see Brand on the quarter panels. And there are other um, sponsors as well that hop on there. But that, but that number seven has been a topic of discussion for years. Justin always gets good performance out of that car. They have their moments, but they've also had winning moments as well. But as far as Dale Jr., Kelly Earnhardt Miller, and everybody over at Junior Motorsports, they provide them with great equipment. We've seen Junior Motorsports win already this year. Perhaps maybe it is time for Justin Allgaier to do some winning this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Let's go to the wide open hotline and bring in the driver of the number seven in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Justin Allgaier is here. Justin, welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. What is new and what is up in the world of Justin Allgaier before heading off to the Atlanta Motor Speedway here? Honestly, uh, just catching up on the West Coast swing. You know, it seems like, and I even tried to travel back in in, in between each race, but it just seems like stuff gets put further and further behind. And uh, I'm, I'm catching up on Honeydew List 
I'm helping out around the house here as much as I can to try to get ready. You know, the beginning of this week, we spent a lot of time trying to be, be prepared for Atlanta. And uh, now I'm trying to get stuff done before we have to leave in a few days. Now, a lot of folks can 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 understand what you're going through with the honeydew list. And I imagine being out west for three weeks, that list has probably gained some entries since you went out west. So what is on the honeydew list? Like, what are you in charge of around the house? Um, a lot, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> you know, for us with, with, the, uh, with the baby, with Willow, you know, it just seems like no matter what you do, um, you, you kind of just get further and further behind. But then my, my oldest daughter, Harper, she's playing travel softball this year. So um, we've had two practices already this week. We got another one on Thursday, and she's got a tournament on Saturday. So, you know, even though I'll be in Atlanta racing and ready to go, um, you know, obviously I'm going to be really excited about watching them and and uh, seeing how her, her first uh, travel ball tournament goes on Saturday. So, you know, just a lot with you know logistics and trying to make sure you're prepared. But but then also too, just being prepared, you know, for the races. You know, that's. I think days of old where you could just kind of show up and go is, is gone. You know, we're, we're constantly working on a race video and going over with the crew, you know, what, what we're doing for the weekend. And, um, you know, some, some folks have simulator time, some don't, it just depends. But, you know, if you don't have simulator time, you're usually at home on iRacing rig and, you know, making laps. So there's just a lot that goes into it, you know, week in and week out that I don't think uh, a lot of our fans see you know, on a regular basis. Well, you bring up a great point because there was a time where you just show up at the racetrack. We didn't have these computers and all this simulation. I mean, you basically had, you know, a a penciled in or an inked in notebook and then the crew chief would make adjustments for all that. How has that changed? Like, what did you have at your disposal when you first started racing? None of it. Um, That's I mean, really, you know, that was the crazy part is, you know, I I don't feel like I'm that old. and, And when I came into the sport, there literally was none of it. I mean, we didn't have the simulation stuff that we have now. We had some, um, you know, we had some uh, programs that would kind of solve solve some things and give you a good idea of what what might work, but nothing like it is today. You know, the difference being though is back then we had the ability to go test. You know, I, I couldn't test at um, when I first came in. You could test anywhere. And then I think the first year I was in, in the sport, you had to stop testing at the tracks that we raced at. You only test at non-NASCAR uh, sanctioned racetracks. And then shortly thereafter, that kind of all went away. But, you know, my job when I signed on at, at, at Team Vinsky was to be a test driver. That's all I was going to be. I wasn't going to be a race car driver. Um, my, my only job was to be a test car driver. So, you know, that, that obviously changed. and changed for the better in my, uh, in my outcome. But... You know, it's uh, it's crazy to think what this younger generation has at their disposal, but also what they're missing, right? Like, with the good comes the bad, and I think that there's a lot of things that they're missing that, that we had back then that they don't have now, but just uh, just completely different. So if you signed up to be a test driver, what was what was the end plan? Like, was that it? You just wanted to test the cars and get them, get them set up? You had no aspirations of driving? Or, or did you set the bar so low that if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be disappointed if it didn't? No, no. I mean, I, I signed on as a test driver, but, but part of that was they were going to race me in some races. It, uh, at that time, I didn't know what it was going to be, whether that was an ARCA car, a truck, an Xfinity Series car, a cup car. You know, we kind of had plans to maybe doing a little bit of all of it. And uh, when, at the time, Alltel was a sponsor at, at Team Bensky, and they were sponsoring the cup side. They got bought out by Verizon. And so they they 
couldn't be on the cup car. So they wanted to figure out what they were going to do, and they wanted a, they wanted a, a place to land. And so, lo and behold, I was the only one that didn't have a that didn't have a uh, job per se, I guess. And I wasn't running cup full time, so I was able to to have the Verizon branding on the car and was uh, was signed up to be the the Xfinity Series. Well, back then Nationwide Series, but Xfinity Series driver full time. And that was literally like, I mean, I started it at Team Penske, and then. Two months later, I found out I was going to drive full-time, going from a test driver with maybe a handful of races the next year to full-time. So pretty uh, pretty awesome, you know, couple of months there. And look at where you are now. Uh, you're with Junior Motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, a force to be reckoned with week in and week out. Where Where are you right now in your career professionally? Uh, you obviously drive fast race cars. You drive for a great organization. Are you where you want to be or where you need to be right now as far as your station in your professional life, not necessarily with the race team itself? Oh, I mean, yeah. I I don't know that I have a um, – I don't know that I have a good answer to that. You know, for me, I'm I'm blessed to do what I love to do, and, and you know, I've, I've been around for long enough to, to see a lot of people come and go and, and – you know, some that are, are as good or better than I was and some that, that just decided they were done, whatever. Um, but, you know, I've been I've been lucky enough to be here for a long time. And, and you're right, I'm with a great race team. And we go to the racetrack every week and we got fast race cars. And, you know, we're, we're capable of going and running up front and winning races. And, you know, for me, that's what this has always been about, right, is – being with the right people, the right place. Um, you know, you can, you can go drive the best car in the cup series and nothing go your way. And, and because you don't get along with the people or, or the situation, but vice versa, you can be in a, in a slightly lesser of a situation and, you know, have all the right things around you and really go and, and, and make the most of it. And I think that's just where I'm at right now is I'm enjoying where I'm at. I got great people around me and, and, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm competitive, so I want to go win, and and we got a shot to do that each and every week. So it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. And but it, I've said it before, and I'll say it always: if my career was was done tomorrow, you know, I'm perfectly content with where with where I've been at and what I've done and what I've accomplished. And and uh, you know, I don't want it to end, and I'm I'm still probably as hungry now. I wish I wish when I started in this sport, I had the knowledge that I have now. Right? It would have made things a lot easier. And I would have probably done things a lot differently, but um, you know, you can't uh, you can't dwell on those. You got to keep moving forward and and you know enjoy the enjoy the races that you get. That's for sure. Fifth at Daytona, eighth at Fontana, fifth at Las Vegas, tenth at Phoenix over the weekend, and now the next challenge brings you to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, which will be totally different from the way it was the last time you left it. What is your gut telling you what to expect this weekend? Well, kind of going back to some of those races you just mentioned, we led a lot of laps at all those races, or you know, at, at at those races, and and the end of the race has been an absolute disaster. At Phoenix, um, we literally pitted three times in the last thirty laps until finished tenth. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, as as disappointed as I am with tenth, uh, it, it obviously could have been a lot worse. So, um, it, as far as looking ahead to Atlanta, you know. This is going to be interesting. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to go test there with the Xfinity Series car for the Goodyear Tire Test. Um, I went there with the um, Chevrolet uh, test car, the the Wheel Force car. So, got to run some laps in the the next gen Cup car there. Two completely different animals. First of all, um, how they drove, what they drove like, the speeds, all that were completely different between the two. So, 
that's something that I'm going to find interesting is how different I think all three races are going to be. I think they all three have very significant differences between them. You know, I think the hardest part that we're all going to face is that, you know, we've been there, I don't know, probably three or four times now as somebody has been on the racetrack with different, different types of tests, whether that's Goodyear test or, or, um, data collection test, whatever, pretty much everybody's been on the bottom the entire time, right? Because if you're out there by yourself, you're not going to drive around the top just, just to drive around the top. It's the farthest distance around. You know, I know that we're, we're hoping that this is a lot like a super speedway, but you know, we're in abbreviated practices still, even though this is a longer practice than normal, it's still an abbreviated practice. So, you know, getting somebody to move off the bottom and, and see what that middle or top's going to be like, I think it's going to be tough. So, I'm a little bit curious, you know, how long it takes for the middle to the top to kind of come in if we if we get up there. But I think that the racetrack's going to be more about handling than what a lot of folks think that it is. And I think we're going to see some some guys that that are going to have to work on their cars and and you know, there's some teams that are that are going to Atlanta with the idea that they can trim it out just like Daytona Talladega. And uh I have a feeling that their drivers are going to be miserable about lap 5. Uh pretty pretty uh pretty confident in that actually. So it'd be very interesting to see kind of what, what strategy everybody employs when they get to the racetrack. So we've heard what they've done to the track, right? They've, they've, they've brought up the banking in the corners. Parts of it are more narrow. Parts of it are wide. You bet behind the wheel, as you mentioned, what does it look like to you? What does it look like that's been done and how much room do you actually have to work with out there? Well, you know, I think for me, the, the visuals weren't nearly as skewed as what I feel like, you know, we all thought they were going to be right. When, when we kind of all heard what the plan was with the, the, the reconstruction and, and how narrow they were going to make it. I think we all were skeptical, right? I think that was the first reaction. I think I heard from everybody on Twitter and, and, you know, all the drivers, I think everybody was really nervous about how narrow it was going to be. And what's weird about it is when you got there, I'm like, Oh, well, it's not that bad. It's not that narrow. You know, I, I don't think that was where I really noticed anything. Um, you know, the banking change was really different. I think when we started making laps, I feel like that's what caught me off guard the most was just the amount of banking shifts that we had and, and kind of where everything, where everything landed. Um, you know, at the, at the first tests, you know, some of the guys were really vocal about the front straightaway wall. They ended up having to move the front straightaway wall because of the angle that you were approaching the wall at. So, mm-hmm. you know, Atlanta Motor Speedway did a great job of listening to kind of some of the concerns that we all had and and went right to work, right? They 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 just got after it and and made the adjustments and, and so I thought they did a great job in that regard. You know, I don't think this is like when 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 the fans get there this weekend and they're watching it on TV. I don't think they're going to expect what the racetrack looks like. Um, there's some patches, you know. There's some some things that I would say aren't normal for a fresh repave. But I feel like um, the track's not been scared to kind of push the issue and say, okay, well, where are we lacking and what do we need to make adjustments on? And if we need to make an adjustment, let's make it now versus wait and make it later. So, you know, they've been, they've been working to try to try to fix any areas that we feel like need to be fixed. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, You know, do I think it's going to be perfect? No, probably not. But, but 
I think, you know, as we as we understand after the weekend's over and we're able to get home and digest and see what we need to do, I think when we go back to Atlanta, uh, we'll have a lot better shot at, at – and I'm not going to say the racing's going to be bad. Um, the racing might be fantastic. I don't know. But, you know, I think that we're all going to be able to wrap our heads around it a lot better once we leave, you know, kind of get that 24 to 48 hours post-race and say, okay – what did we just witness and how do we, how do we make it better for next year? And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's going to be the biggest, the biggest question mark for all of us. Looking forward to the evolution of the Atlanta motor speedway, seeing what we're going to get this weekend and then seeing what we got. And then how do we react from that going forward? Appreciate the time. No, it's a busy week. It's been a busy time. You told us a few moments ago that you got to get back to the, to the honeydew list. We'll do that. Tell the ladies we said, Hey, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Atlanta this weekend. Sounds good. You will not miss me this weekend. Um, my car is as bright as it gets. Um, kind of going with the traditional Exalta Exalta scheme there. Uh, I got all the I got all the colors of the rainbow on there, and I'm I'm bright and colorful. So um, cool to have them back on board. And now the automotive. You know, we we won there oh, what a year ago uh, in the spring mm-hmm. with the Exalta paint scheme. So we got big shoes to fill, so we're going to get back and try to do it again and hopefully go have some fun this weekend. So I appreciate it as always and look forward to seeing you this weekend. On behalf of turn announcers across the country, we'd like bright paint schemes. Keep them coming. <laughs> Deal. Deal. <laughs> appreciate you, my friend. Take care. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Uh, yes, the ladies, Ashley, Harper, and Willow, that's going to watch dad and husband do his thing this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Speaking of doing their things, we mentioned a few moments ago about Chase Briscoe uh, and what he was able to do over the weekend. We had him on NASCAR Live Tuesday. Well, the conversation got away from us, and, and Chase and I got talking. There, There is some audio that did not make it to air, and as they say, it was left on the quote-unquote cutting room floor Here's an excerpt of that interview that did not make the air Tuesday night on NASCAR Live. You, Ross, Tyler Reddick, and Ryan Blaney. It's like a reunion of Brad Keselowski NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racers in the top four of a cup race in Phoenix on Sunday. That was awesome. Yeah, even the duels this year, the first duel, it was me, Brad, Cindric, and Blaney. And we finished first, second, third, and fourth. And I went up and congratulate Brad after the race. And he's like, thank you so much for going with me because I kind of hung Blaney in the process and pushed Brad to the lead. And I said, man, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even been here. There's no way. So it's cool to to see how well the BKR guys have done. Uh, There's a lot of people that I'm still really close with from from those BKR days. And it's cool that that Brad obviously had an eye for talent. There's a lot of competition in the Cup Series and his drivers have ran up front a lot lately. So it's really neat. The challenges that you and Marissa, your wife, have had giving birth to a child, which you now have, have been well documented. I saw her in her her social media where she's taking pictures, the baby's there, watching you on television. What was it like when you got back home and got with the family? What was that time like? Yeah, it was super cool. You know, I wish they would have been out there. She's been giving me a super hard time. She was trying to go Friday morning when we left, I think, at 2 o'clock on Friday. And she's like, I'm going to go out there. And I talked her out of it. I was like, no, it's going to be too much to try to take the car seat and everything else out there. 
And then she told me when I got home Sunday night, her and her mom were going to fly out there and surprise me. And she was like, I don't think Chase wants me out there. And like, it'd be a lot to travel out there by myself. So she ended up not coming. Uh, but yeah, she was super excited. And then when I got home, it was three or four in the morning and, and Brooks was asleep. She was kind of awake and we sit there and talk till five in the morning. And then when Brooks woke up, it, I've been playing with him the past day and a half, just having fun with him. It's crazy. I was gone three days and I feel like he's four months older already. Uh, just it's, it's an incredible the amount of joy. You know, I thought I was happy going to the cup race and I get home and I wake up and he's sitting there on my lap smiling. It's the coolest thing ever. So it's been a lot of fun and uh, he's going to go this weekend. So hopefully we can finally get that victory lane picture. You told us that your childhood hero growing up was Tony Stewart and you obviously drove his race car to victory lane. Of all the drivers to pick when you were growing up, why Tony Stewart? Uh, honestly, I, a lot of it was his sprint car roots. Him, I mean, my dad raced against a lot of guys, Kane, Stewart, Gordon, you know, Jeff Gordon actually spent the, the night at my grandparents' house and they were like 14 with my dad. So it's not like I, I should have been a Gordon fan or whatever, but yeah, I mean, Tony was from 45 minutes down the road in Indiana. And I think the biggest thing for me was, is, is Tony came back and would run dirt. He would, you know, you could go to Brownstown Speedway or Bloomington Speedway, places that were, you know, 30, 45 minutes away from me. And you could go see Tony race there. And then on the same, you know, weekend or the following week, you'd see him on TV on Sunday. And for me, that was really, really cool. I, I just, uh, something about that. And then my grandma, we uh, would always go over to our house on Sundays. And it was always after the cup race or during the cup race. And for whatever reason, when I was little, she'd always cheer for Jeff Gordon. So naturally I wanted to cheer against her and I would go for Tony Stewart. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is the sprint car roots uh, and being able to be accessible to Tony and see him when I was growing up. It was just something really cool to me. Now, with all that being said, you know how this sport operates. You win on Sunday, and we immediately go to the next race. And that next race is at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Newly paved, newly reconfigured. What are you expecting on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to be wild. And, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's great to win on Sunday. But this coming week, there's going to be 39 guys that are going to try to do the same thing. A couple of the guys at the shop were like, man, how's it feel? I'm like, well, it feels good, but it doesn't mean anything. Like we go run 40th this week. Like you got to go do it again. So yeah, I think this week is going to be a lot of unknowns, you know, for a lot of reasons. The car still is a, a big variable that we don't really know a lot about. But then the track is is totally different than anything we've ever had at Atlanta. So it'll be interesting. You know, it's supposedly going to be a mini Daytona, mini Talladega, but I mean, what really happens once we get there? It's going to be intense. It's going to be wild. Uh, it's going to be narrow and a lot of excitement, I think. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we stack up when we get there. And, and you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. And, and seeing how I think all three series might race totally different. You know, one of the series might race like a Daytona and Talladega, where the other one handling is more of an option or more of an issue. So, yeah, I don't know what to expect. I know uh, I've been on the simulator quite a bit trying to figure it out, but I don't know what it's going to be like till we get there. One more thing before you go. Last year in your rookie year, you had practice and qualifying eight times. It's back this year. You're getting more in-seat time before you take the green flag. How was not having practice and qualifying a hindrance to your learning process? Because you were basically going cold turkey every week when the green flag flew for the race. It was really tough. You know, in Xfinity, I didn't mind it as much because I had at least a little bit of experience at each track with the car and I kind of knew what to expect. But the Cup Series, you know, you show up to these racetracks and without qualifying, we would start 20th to 25th every week. 
And your first lap on the racetrack in the series or in that type of car is lap one of the race. And it takes you really the first stage just to even try to figure out what you're doing. And by that point, you hoped you weren't a lap down. And if you were a lap down, your race was kind of over before it even started. And then now this year being able to just have qualifying, you know, we've been able to start, you know, fourth at, at Vegas, sixth this past week at Phoenix. It allows us to get stage points. You know, the beginning of the race, I already know what to expect in the car. It's been a big difference, you know, for me, for sure, from just a, a comfortability standpoint. So I'm glad that practice is back, but even more importantly, I'm glad qualifying's back because I feel like you run the speed of the cars you're around. You know, if you can start up front, you typically run around the speed of the guys up front. And if you're Meyer back in the 20s, it's, it's kind of easy to get stuck in that speed zone. So, yeah, it's been nice to have both of those back. And I'm definitely uh, been trying to take advantage of it. Well, congratulations on getting the win. Welcome to the playoffs and welcome to the All-Star Race. Yeah, it'll be nice to, to be able to say that we're in both of those. You know, it'll be uh, really cool. You know, last year trying to just get in the All-Star Race was tough. So I'm glad that we're locked in and, and same with the playoffs, obviously. And Chase Briscoe is a winner in the NASCAR Cup Series. Great job over the weekend by the Mahindra folks, Stewart House Racing and the like. He's in the playoffs. He's in the all-star race. Good things for Chase Briscoe as he too will head off to the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend. Speaking of going to Atlanta, what are the odds telling us? I'm curious to hear about what Las Vegas is, uh, what direction Las Vegas is going to go. And we bring in producer trey with the odds i'm i i have a tendency to believe trey this could be a very interesting exercise right here yes because i don't think anyone knows what to expect are we going to get a daytona talladega are we going to get what we saw with the 550 package maybe at like a michigan type deal no one knows to expect and the odds kind of reflect that last weekend going into phoenix kyle larson was the favorite at plus 400 this week the favorite is plus 1,000. So there are no, you know, you're putting money on anyone this weekend. You're going to get a pretty good return. Ryan Blaney, who won this race last spring, is the favorite at plus 1,000. Co-favorites with Kyle Larson, who he passed in the closing laps. Uh, the second favorites are very close right there. Chase Elliott, Georgia Native, Denny Hamlin, and Joey Logano, all at plus 1,200. But when you go to the long shots... That's when things get really, really interesting this week. Now, if this race is going to race like a mini Daytona or a mini Talladega, you have to look at some of these guys who are very good at super speedways. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., one of those. He is plus 4,000, 40 to 1 odds to win this weekend at Atlanta. And if you want to get even crazier in terms of that, Harrison Burton, who was running up front at Daytona when he had that accident, went upside down. And Justin Haley, who won numerous super speedway races in the Xfinity series, are plus 10,100 to 1 for Harrison Burton and Justin Haley this weekend. A cool matchup that you can bet on this weekend, Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick, two of the surprises of the early season. Chase Briscoe is minus 112 in that matchup, Tyler Reddick minus 120, so basically a pick them there. I like Reddick. Briscoe had a good run at the Daytona 500, but I feel like Reddick has a little bit more experience at super speedway tracks, especially in the Cup Series, so I'm going with him. But overall, my pick this weekend is going to be Chase Elliott. I like him at plus 1,200 odds. He was up front at Phoenix, contended for the win, uh, hasn't got that home track win in the Cup Series. He's He finished second in 2021 in the Daytona 500. He's won at Talladega before. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott as my pick this weekend. But those long shots are super enticing this week because we have no idea what to expect. Are you catering to the hometown crowd this weekend? 
Maybe a little bit. <laughs> oh, maybe a lot. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. I don't know how they even start. I mean, with all you said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it with the greatest. Okay. All right. That's what Vegas thinks. I think it's going to be interesting, Trey, to see what Vegas came out with to begin and then how we leave on Sunday and then how will that affect things when we go back in the summer. I mean, they're just throwing darts mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I don't know whether to start with Daytona and Talladega. I don't know. I don't know what to start with. I mean, but you know what? That's not a bad thing. There is a massive unknown element of this race this weekend, not only for us, but also obviously what you just gave us from Vegas as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to be going to be a fun one, and I'm excited to be down there this weekend. And no one knows what to expect, and that's why it is so intriguing. And of course, Motor Racing Network will have the call the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race coming up. This weekend, along with Xfinity and Cup over on the PRN side. Before we go, we always like to give dining options, dining recommendations. Uh, and I've got several. I used to live in Atlanta. lived in Atlanta for five years. There are three places that are always on my must-visit list, depending on what you want to eat. First of all, if you're a breakfast individual, um, you need to go to the Silver Skillet. It's on 14th Street. It's right there by um, Techwood, which is where TBS and TNT is, right there on the connector, right around the corner from Atlantic Station. Uh, this was built back in 1956, and I believe that it is still the same furnishings in there. I, I believe it's even maybe even the same wallpaper. I mean, this is this is one of those homegrown breakfast spots. They build themselves the best breakfast in Atlanta and get the biscuits. Charlie used to whip up the biscuits back in the day. I don't know if Charlie is still at the biscuit controls, but trust me when I say for breakfast, it's Silver Skillet. Now, there are two dinner options. And again, this is if you're in Midtown, Uh, Atlanta, or if you're staying there or passing through there. If you want good comfort food, there is one spot that will always survive the test of time. They have so far. They came online in 1927. I'm talking about the Colonnade on Cheshire Bridge Road. That is where it fried chicken. Oh, please. If if you're down fried chicken, that's the place you want to go. There are a lot of touristy places to go to in Atlanta. I'm trying to give you some places that that necessarily aren't on the touristy plan. The Colonnade is a fan favorite among the locals. Uh, we all used to go there. I still go there. I'll be going there this weekend for some dinner. Check it out. The Colonnade restaurant. It's been on uh, Guy Fieri's show. It's been in movies. Uh, it's played an important part uh, in the Atlanta dining landscape since obviously 1927. Check it out while you're there. And lastly, best burger in Atlanta. A lot of folks will say the Vortex. A lot of folks will say the Varsity. If you want a little off-the-beaten-path burger spot, it's called the Rusty Nail. It's at basically the intersection of North Druid Hills Road and Buford Highway. She ain't much to look at from the outside, but I love those kind of places because they're very deceiving. When you walk in, it, it's considered like a pub. When you walk in, smoking's on the left, non-smoking is on the right. Pick whichever destination you want. Good folks there. Get the burger. They've got everything they have there is good, but I'm I'm more one of those off the beaten path places, uh, guys that that like to go to those style places, and uh, check it out and uh, let us know how you like it. But that's that's another place that I'll be um, I'll be swinging into over the weekend. The Rusty Nail, North Druid Hills, and Buford Highway. Again, folks, remember don't forget we've got the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series this Saturday at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And then PRN will have coverage of the cup race and the Xfinity races there as well. We, of course, will be back on NASCAR Live Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. And then next week, we'll be back with NASCAR Live Wide Open as we get ready to head off to Circuit 
of the Americas. For producer Trey and the rest of us here at MRN, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you for checking us out here on NASCAR Live Wide Open, and we'll talk to you soon. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 